Welcome to the Optimized Mom Podcast, where we explore strategies for trading burnout, overwhelm, and exhaustion for simplicity, efficiency, and joy. Why? Because I want you to have the time and energy to care for yourself, have fun with your family, and share your sparkle with the world. Well, hey there, Anissa here. If things are a little crazy here in uh, in Las Vegas, where I live, we are moving again. Uh, since 2019, I have moved six times. This is the seventh time that is happening this weekend. And uh, if you've been with me for a while, you know that the first move that we did uh, about four years ago was a doozy. It was uh, the one where we got rid of nearly everything we owned because we were going to travel as a family. And we did get to travel as a family for a while, and it was awesome. Um, But then, you know, there was this pandemic that happened, and uh, we settled down temporarily in Las Vegas, and now we've been here for about three years in four different rentals, and now we're going to move into a fifth one. And... uh, Yeah, I was prompted this week to think again about our tendency to just keep acquiring things. You know, every time we've moved into one of these new houses, we've had a little bit more stuff. Uh, This one was was the most pronounced because we had been doing furnished rentals. And this last one that we've been in, we um, got unfurnished. And so we had to get some furniture to fill it. And even being as mindful and minimalist as we could possibly be, stuff just creeps in. Uh, So I've just been laughing this week as I've gone through, you know, packing things up and putting them in suitcases and boxes and bags. And, and I say from time to time, minimalism requires maintenance. And, uh, it, it really just has hit home to me this week that that, that is so true. You know, even for somebody like me, who I think is probably more mindful about this sort of thing than the average bear. I went in my closet and I found a little stack of paperwork that I had stashed because I was sure that I needed to keep it. And it could have easily been shredded two years ago. I found these little glass bottles that we got root beer in or something at one place. And and I thought, oh, those are darling. Like, I don't know what I would do with them, but but they're, they're just too cute to throw away. And so I washed them and I put them in like behind the Tupperware. And uh, yeah. I recycled those this week. Um, I was going through my kid's closet. And even though we keep up on things, you know, we have a regular swap with friends. My uh, nine-year-old has some pants that he's grown out of. And so I had to quickly uh, find a friend that I knew could could use those and hook her up with them. So it just, it, it even with keeping incredibly mindful about this stuff, stuff just piles up because we think we might need it someday because we, um, because we just forget it's there. So moving is a fabulous excuse to get rid of stuff, but ideally we find regular opportunities to make extra space in our closets and our drawers. And so this week I wanted to chat about some tricks that we can use to keep our homes clutter free. Um, (laughs) As I said, back in 2019, I got rid of everything. I thought, this is great. I will never have to worry about clutter again. You know, I have, I've gone through, I've done the hard work and I'm going to be all set. And 
even when we were in, you know, traveling with suitcases and in a little Airbnb, it could still get full of clutter just from living, you know, and, and just things coming in and never getting anything out. So let's talk about some ways that we can keep our homes clutter-free or at least try to fight the good fight. Uh, the first thing is keeping your flat surfaces clear. This is a big one. Um, you know, stuff tends to attract stuff. I always notice this one in our living room. If anyone leaves their shoes out, rather than putting them away in the coat closet where the shoes ideally would live on their little rack, um, there will be one pair of shoes and then another one collects next to it and then another one collects next to it. It's like we all, you have permission then. You've noticed this with the hot spots in your home where maybe it's a place where somebody drops the mail or something when they come in and it's like, oh, now this is the table where it's okay to drop things. So ideally we would want the flat surfaces in our home to form or to serve rather one of three functions. Either it's a place to display something that you think is beautiful. It's a place to store items that you are using every day or a place to hold items that you're using right this minute and that you will put away as soon as you're done. Now, I know this is a pretty high bar to keep, but man, if we could stick to these rules, our homes would look awesome. Um, yeah, but then that means things like your KitchenAid mixer that you're only using occasionally have to have a space in the cupboards. And, and that's where these, this starts to get really, really hard um, because of the next thing, which is we wanna have a home for everything. And a lot of times we don't have enough room out of sight for these things. And, and because we're not going through and purging regularly, because we have more stuff than we have room, uh, we can really get overloaded and stuff starts to leak out and it has to live on the floor or it has to live on the dresser because there's no place, um, no place for it. And the truth is that if you don't have room to put things away, you probably have too much stuff. But what do we always say? We always say, oh, this house just doesn't have any storage. Oh, if I just had, you know, a another dresser or another shelf, there'd be plenty of room for this stuff. Um, but I invite all of us, myself included, to say, do I really have not enough storage or do I have too much stuff? Um, the next thing, have a system for your paper. As I said, uh, I found random collection of paper that was uh, hidden in my closet. Not exactly sure how it even ever ended up there. But uh, yeah, I would say paper is one of the things that I am really looking to improve. I still, struggle would be a, a dramatic word for it, but I still find I'm not as on top of paper as I would like to be. Um, but ideally, We'll want to limit the paper that comes into the house. If you can get rid of things like your junk mail and your catalogs, um, that would be great. Get in the habit of only touching paper once. Um, when your junk mail comes in, for instance, taking it straight to the trash rather than setting it down on the table and then moving it from the table to the kitchen island and then later throwing it away. If we could just get in the habit of tossing it right away, that would be great. Um, if you've got something like a, a child's permission slip or something like that, signing it, putting it right in the backpack, like 
getting it out uh, would be great. If, if We've talked before, I think, about this rule that if you can do something in less than two minutes, it's best just to do it the second that you see it rather than put it off. Uh, don't put it down, put it away, as they say. Um, and yeah, most of this paper, if you needed to save it at all, it's probably better off in a digital filing cabinet than in a physical one. Uh, you can snap a photo of it, even just with your phone or your tablet, and save it in a file if you were ever going to need it again. But let's be honest, we always fear that we're going to need these papers again, and the list of papers that we actually need is pretty small. Um, next, think about creating barriers to buying new stuff. This is one of my favorite tricks, and I think it's what's really saved us here from just um, getting even more bloated than we already are, is, is putting these stop gaps in place so that it's not just an endless stream of stuff coming in and never anything going out. Uh, so I like to play a couple of games. My favorite one is one in, one out. So what that means is that Anytime something new comes into the house, I have to find something else to go. Now, ideally, it would be something like I did this weekend. I, I wanted some new bras. They were looking a little sad. Um, and so I got some new ones and I actually went through my collection and I said, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to bring these new ones in, I, I said I was getting them because I didn't like the way my old ones looked. So now the rubbers meet in the road. The old bras have to go. And so really, I love going through like that and just exchanging one for one. I've got this new pretty bra, the, you know, stretched out grody looking one is going in the trash. Um, sometimes it's not quite that elegant. You know, sometimes it's something comes in to my closet and, you know, something goes away from my office, but I really do try just mentally to keep that, like the number of possessions, not just constantly expanding and getting bigger and bigger. Uh, the other thing that I really like to do is anytime I'm shopping with an online cart, because we know they make it so easy, they save our credit cards and everything, and they send us the email with the coupon code if we wait too long, I like to try to wait 24 hours before I buy anything that I'm thinking about online, just to give myself that little bit of distance of you know, noticing that urge that I want something and ooh, this is pretty, and then having just a little bit of time to think, like tomorrow, do I really still want this thing? You know, the, the store is gonna try to get you to, to feel like this is urgent, that the coupon code is going away or they're selling out fast and wait, there's only two left. And, and sometimes there's legitimate scarcity like that. More often than not, they're just trying to get you to rush into a decision. And so anytime, that you can sort of step in between that, that urge and then the satisfaction of the urge. Sometimes you find you don't even really want the thing anymore. Another thing I love to do is to have a donation box that is open and ready to go at all times. And when it is full, it leaves the house. Uh, we have a really great situation here. I've talked about it before that my homeschool group does regular swap days. We do them at least quarterly. So we can bring anything, you know, kids clothes and toys and books and, and all that sort of thing. So that's a really good option. 
Um, the new neighborhood that we're moving into has a little free library. Um, we don't buy a ton of books, but I do from time to time, you know, someone will pass along a paperback or something like that. So I, I'm really excited about the possibility of being able to just take these to the free library and share them with uh, the people in my community. But, you know, the, any community has dozens of places where we can unload our things, whether it's with your friends in a swap like I'm doing, with some sort of a charity. Uh, the, the app next door has a, a section on it called for sale and free, where you can just give things away. Sometimes even things that you think might not, no one would have a use for. Um, if you post it on there, they, there is someone who is wanting to take it and can repurpose it into something wonderful. And we're keeping those items out of our landfills and, and we can feel maybe a little bit less guilt about just trashing something. So keeping a donation box at all times. And the second that you notice, I tried on this shirt and it, it doesn't fit right, or I don't like the way that it looks anymore, or, you know, instead of hanging it back on the rack, getting in the habit of just immediately putting it in the box. The nice thing is, you know, unless you're taking the box that afternoon, if you have regret uh, a little bit later, you can pull it out. But but flexing that muscle of, um, you know, getting used to giving things a new home, to passing them along to someone else. Because when we're storing these things in our, in our homes and we're not using them, it's no one's getting the benefit of it. And so it would be better, even if it was something that was expensive, that you feel like you didn't get your good out of yet. And all of those things that we tell them aren't tell ourselves, it's still better to pass it along and, um, and imagine the joy that somebody else is going to get from this wonderful thing that you are sharing with them. Uh, yeah, the next thing that we can do to keep a clutter-free home is to buy and keep only what you actually need. Um, and as I said earlier, I, I struggle with this the same way as, as everybody else. You know, I think the most common thing that anyone ever says to me about decluttering is that I'm afraid I might need it someday. And so my house is full of things that I might need someday. And gosh, I mean, if, if we're being honest, nearly everything that we, owe, I mean, you could make the case that you could need anything someday. You know, the future is uncertain, right? And I find that this attitude about fearing that we're going to need it someday is really just that fear of what about in the future? How am I going to feel when I, I have an urge to use this thing and I realize I gave it away? I'm going to have to beat myself up about it. Or what if in the future, you know, I don't have the money to replace this and it's, it's scary to think that I might need this and it might be gone. And it, it taps into all of our, all of our fears of the future. And so we get this idea that like, oh, okay, I'll just hold on to everything and then I'll be safe. And I really think that we're better off just trusting that the future us is going to be able to get whatever it is that we need. I really noticed that a lot in this transition from getting rid of everything and slowly acquiring some of the stuff again. I mean, I don't think we even own 50% of what we used to own, but 
it hasn't been hard to get things again, you know? And, and I talk all the time about the fact that we sold a lot of our things on the Facebook marketplace. And then when I got in a house again, I bought some things on the Facebook marketplace. And so it was almost like, uh, I, uh, I didn't pay anything to store, say my instant pot for a couple of years because I sold one and then I bought one. And I think it was the same price on either end. And so really just trusting that yes, the future is uncertain. Anything can happen. Um, but you can trust you to be able to manage it. If you haven't used something for say six months, you have no active plans to use it in the next six months you can consider getting rid of it. Now, I guess the caveat to this is plenty of people will say, Hey, I'm a maximalist. I I like having this stuff around. It makes me feel better to have stuff around. If that's you disregard everything that I'm saying, you know, I am talking to the people that are in their homes and they are miserable. They look around and everything is cluttered and getting dressed in the morning is hard and doing dishes is hard and doing laundry is hard and picking up the toys is hard because there's just stuff everywhere and they don't know where to put anything and they're stressed and frustrated. If that's you, then you are going to want to adopt some of these habits. If that's not you and you're happy in your house, if you've got a place to stick the thing and it's not bothering you, honestly, then don't worry about it. But I always say, I really suspect that if the things in your home are not making your life better, they are probably making your life worse. We've talked before about how much stress clutter can cause us. Uh, we don't need to live with that. The next, uh, next thing we can do to keep a clutter-free home is to purge before the holidays, when the seasons change, and when life changes. This is what I'm noticing right now. It's a big life change when you move, even if you're just moving across town. Um, I love the idea of purging before Christmas, before a big birthday. When you know toys, for instance, are going to be coming in the house, let's get rid of the, the things in advance. Make some space for things to come in. You know, if the season is changing, that this is kind of what we just did with my my younger son, it's starting to get hot here in Vegas. He's not going to wear pants again until the fall, and you can bet that his legs are going to be <laughs> three inches longer then. So we can get these things out now, and they, I can have the part of my brain just like you do that says, but what about, what if we have a cold snap, and, it, and then, he, then he wears the bigger pants? Or... <laughs> Or we go out and, you know, we ask a friend at the, at the swap to let us borrow a pair. Or we go to the Goodwill or the Savers and buy another pair. We'll figure it out. But looking at these places where your circumstances are going to change, either because there are gifts coming into the house, because you're moving into a different place, because someone's size is changing, and take that as an opportunity to get some things out as you're getting to the end of a season, as I just said about the clothes, before you put things away, take a good look at them. Are you going to be excited to see this thing again next winter? You know, we have this here with our, um, our, we have a pool in the backyard and we get these floats. And at the end of every summer, the floats look horrible. 
And there's always a little part of me that wants to keep them and kind of, you know, stash them away over the summer because what if, what if I don't get out in time to, to get a flip? We'll figure it out. <laughs> so getting rid of those sort of ratty things, the, the worn out things, the things that you're about to outgrow, do it in advance while it doesn't feel as comfortable and you will set yourself up for staying clutter free. And the final, final one is declutter daily. You know, so often we leave, we feel like this is such an unmanageable kind of thing. Like it's just this monster that we can't keep a hold of. And I love this idea of just a 10 minute pickup. And, and I, I, I struggle with this the same way you guys do. I, my closet had gotten a little untidy, probably because I had paperwork from two years ago <laughs> hiding in there, but it had just gotten, you know, I hadn't really folded things nicely and put them away in a while. And so it looked a little schlumpy and my brain does the same thing yours does where it says, Oh no, I don't have time. It's going to take me hours to clean this closet. So I'm not even going to start it. Cause there's just no way. And the truth was when I could talk myself into uh, the one day I, I literally said to myself, Anissa, what would you say if this was the podcast, you would tell people to set a timer and just start. And so that's what I did. The one afternoon I wasn't doing anything and said, you know what? I have 10 minutes now. And I set my timer for 10 minutes and I went in and I just worked. And when the 10 minutes was done, I let myself stop. Now, sometimes when you set that little timer and you get started, you get that momentum and it feels good and it looks good and you keep going. On that particular day, I didn't, but I came back the next day and I did 10 minutes again and I did 10 minutes, I think the day after that, and it was beautiful. You know, it was all organized again. It looked nice. Now, if I had kept telling myself the story of there's, there's just no time, I'll never get this done, it's too big a job, ugh, it wouldn't have happened. But with just those little 10 minute bursts, it turned out a lot better. And you can do this with any little small area of your home. Go to that table where all the stuff is and tell yourself you don't have to finish it. You just have to work on it for 10 minutes. Go to that drawer that you were having trouble closing because, you know, so much stuff has gotten stuck in there and pull out one or two things, make it a little bit better. Stop making the perfect be the enemy of the good and just get started. I love these little teeny tiny areas, 10 minute quick decluttering session. And before you know it, you're making progress and things are looking better. So if you are wanting to, uh, to do anything now, here's some things you could do today. You could grab a box that, that last Amazon box that came and put some things in it, stash it in your, in your closet. So the next time you find something to uh, donate or sell, you can put it in there. You could head to a website that I will link in the, um, in the show notes and opt out of that marketing junk mail. Not only will you have fewer things to trash whenever your mail comes, you'll also have fewer 
marketing messages coming at you, making you think that you need new things. And another thing you could do today, set that timer for 10 minutes and go work on a particular spot in your house. If we can maintain these sort of regular tricks, regular habits, uh, we really can keep our house more under control. And, and I'm sorry to say, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe there are other people that totally have it under control, but I can tell you as someone who thinks about this stuff a lot, that even with these habits and tricks, moving is still probably going to stink and uh, you're still probably going to have clutter sneaking into your house. Uh, I'm, I'm finding that definitely this week here in Las Vegas. So you guys think of me moving things from one house to another for the seventh time in less than four years. And uh, I hope you have a terrific week.